Welcome to the 2022-2023 Season Preview Show. It's being brought to you by SafeLight. I'm Bob McElligot alongside of Jody Shelley, and we've got a big show set up for you tonight, getting you ready for tomorrow night's opening game against the Carolina Hurricanes on the road. We're going to talk with Jeff Rimmer in just a bit. He's the television voice of the Blue Jackets on Valley Sports Ohio. We'll talk to him about the Hurricanes and the other teams within the Metropolitan Division. But we want to get this show started off on the right note tonight by bringing in the head coach of the Blue Jackets, Brad Larson. And Brad, you just finished running your second training camp as a head coach. How much did training camp number two differ from training camp number one? Well, I think, you know, the, for the players that were here, they're more familiar with, with me and our staff and what we're trying to get out of camp. Um, we had some different players, some different excitement, obviously, around the group. And I think familiarity helps with, with everybody. You know, we had some systematic change and stuff and some small details, but camp by design was early was very similar to last year, so we had something to compare um, using Kevin, our head strength guy, and, and just comparing numbers and heart rates and fatigue factors and all those things and all this technology that we have, we want to use it, use it wisely. So I um, was very excited to see that the guys put the work in early, you know, and, and you know, I said this earlier about if, if you're using camp to get ready, you're, you're already behind. And, and these guys prepared in the summer. That's a lot of the conversation is getting ready so that, you know, we can hit the ground running here. And, and so they, they put the work in. I thought camp went really well. Um, you know, it was I, w- I was happy to see that guys – did put in that early work and came here prepared. You tell them, the guys that were here last year in their exit interviews, you guys let them know what you want them to do over the summer and stuff like that. Uh, is there a point during the summer where did you reach out to them individually and, and touch base and just, uh, you know, kind of further instruction or whatever it might be? Yeah, I used the whole summer to try and uh, either through text or phone calls to get a hold of everybody. Uh, once, hopefully twice, sometimes three times, depending on, on the situation with the players. So, um, you know, first check and see how the summer's going, but, you know, again, follow up with, with making sure that they're following through with what our conversations look like, uh, the areas of improvement that we're looking for. And, and that's, that's really it. I think, uh, you know, that's the best ways, uh, but their actions, right. We always say the actions show us everything. Um, most of these guys interview very well. They tell you exactly what you <laughs> want to hear. Um, but you get to camp and I'll know right away. Right. Uh, were some of the guys who might have been surprised by the volume of skating last year less surprised and much more ready this year? They were much more ready. I think uh, uh, last year, uh, like I told them, I said there's nothing hidden about it. You know, I, I don't just skate them around with no puck and do laps. I, you know, the, the skating's within the practice, and, and that's why I can use four lines and, and seven or eight D on each team and, and get the volume of work done. So um, I think they learn quickly. Uh, day one, they felt very good. I, you know, by day three and four, I think they're a little surprised that we we kept going. And but again, I think they were prepared. It, it, you know, it was it was a hard camp, but I I think when you look at that that old saying, preparation meets opportunity. I think you see some guys that put a lot of work and that thrived in this camp. And and there's there's several names that leap to the top for me. But it's it's amazing when you look at their test numbers. And, and you see what they did, the volume of work they put in, that they really thrived through camp. So um, it's just a great indicator that, you you know, you, you put the work in and you let the chips fall where they may. Um, and if you don't, you're going to fall behind. Yeah, it must be pretty cool for a guy who was top of the fitness test as a player all the time. I mean, that's that made you survive and play in the NHL. 
Yeah, well, I was a bad player. so it was No, you weren't. Day. I was. You knew yes. your role. You knew okay. what you had to do out Let's there. Let's go with that. I knew my role, <laughs> yes. Um, and fitness, I always felt like that was my kind of ace in the hole, right, and something that I could control. Um, probably overworked at times, but I always I was scared. I was scared that uh, if I didn't put the work in, someone would, would pass me and take my job. So, um, you know, that was something that uh, I made sure was at the top of my list. And so camp. You know, when when the dog days of camp came, I felt like I was as prepared or, or more prepared than anybody for it. So, um, and guys in this camp, I, I felt like they were doing the same thing. There was guys here that we've had some very um, honest conversations about it, and, and they, they stepped up, and you could see the work. Now, Bob, I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing worse than a coach who's been through it and thrives at being in that kind of shape because there's no cheating. There's no fooling you out there with work. No, you, you you can't you can't cheat the work, right? And and you know maybe for ten or fifteen or twenty minutes, but by day six, day eight, day eight, day yeah. ten, um, you know, and again by design how we're doing practices and and there's there's indicators all over, and the guys that are look like they're sucking through a straw, <laughs> you know, they can't get that deep breath or that oxygen, you can see it, and and there's other guys that you know they they just seem to keep trucking through, and it's not affecting them, so. There's I don't I don't need tests I don't need um, you know down and backs and with a with a clicker and and you can see it you know it right away and, and then you add the element of battle I yeah that's the worst it is and nobody I I talk to these guys a lot and start battle start pushing on each other three four weeks before camp because we're I said we're not dipping our toe in it's not we're not just skating and not touching hockey is about there's it's a competitive sport it's it's about that's a whole different kind of conditioning than it is of just skating you start ap- adding bump and grind to it now now you're you're really in one so i i think they they added that to their summer skates you can tell again i think that was the sustainability that they had that maybe they didn't have last year they were prepared for the bump and grind yeah after a bump and a grind you really don't want, i remember i didn't want to see the puck i just wanted to make someone make a safe play i'll get off the ice or you know a couple of those and it was Definitely that conditioning is another, another level. I want to go back to yesterday. To me, I walked in the arena and I was genuinely excited because you could see the, the team, the lines together uh, for, for, you know, really the – you could see it over camp. It was kind of like, you know, where who fits in where. But it felt like yesterday was the day uh, to, to build up to the game in Carolina. And, and I was really excited about your lineup, Brad. I, I really was. And and, and, I, and during camp, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure. It was kind of like, to me, it looked like a collage. But you got a good team. You got four good lines. And, and uh, it's really exciting out there. Well, you, you I, I feel like for the first time, and I've been in this organization a long time, you know, when I go all the way back to my Springfield days and, you know, I'm, I'm year 13, right? So this is probably as deep a group we're still young we're still we're, we're still building and and you know we got to be smart with some of these younger guys that we have but when you have three teams in camp you got to spread it out a little bit and you may not be able to see the picture but as we started to you know trim the roster and you start to look at guys and and again you're plugging guys in roles I, I'm really big on roles and and knowing what your expectation is you know it, it's not about pigeonholing the guy it's about giving him a clear direction you know set the compass for him what what my expectations are for him it doesn't mean you don't grow. Uh, I think Justin Danforth is a great example of that. Um, but first, you got to be trustworthy and reliable. Uh, you got to have energy. You got to be competitive, physical. All those things that we talk about every day and being re- a, re- a relentless player. But you start to put them together, and you see that we're a fast team. We, we, I think we have the right mindset. I think they want to take that next step, and 
we are. I, I, I feel like there's we have some good depth. We have four real good lines and six real good D. But there's some guys that are maybe not in the lineup that could be, that, that are knocking on the door. There's some guys that we had to send away that are knocking on the door, that are, that, that are pushing for jobs. And that's when you start to really have something um, tangible. You have that internal push. You have guys now that are knocking on the door and, and making it hard for the guys that are already here. So that keeps everybody on their toes and hungry. And, and that's a really good thing. That's a place you want to be in your organization. And, and you can start to see the, the draft picks and, and they're coming in. And, you know, as a young guy, they always tell you every, you know, every two, three years, that's, you know, you, you think you got seven rounds or whatever it is. And you go, okay, that's three, that's 21 guys. That's a whole new roster. Yeah. Think about that. In three years, it's a whole new roster if you've, if you've drafted in every round. So you can't take a breath. You can't, you can't be satisfied. You have to keep pushing yourself. And, and there are guys that are pushing uh, the guys that are here already. And, and that's a great point because you just talked about moments ago about being scared and overworking and training hard. You know exactly what they feel like, so you have that internal push. I want to ask you, just to follow up on that part you answered, about the roles. So, you know, it's a delicate thing because – you have players in good roles, but you send them away for the summer, and you don't want them to change. But, you know, sometimes I remember being away in the summer thinking, I'm going to score 10 goals this year. And you get to camp, and you get back in the grind, and you're like, something will happen. You're like, nope, I'm just going to chip it out, chip it in, and forecheck. And so you push guys to, to excel within their role, but you also notice in camp at some point you have to keep them on the rails too of what they are. Is that true? Yes, yeah, sometimes there's little reminders. Right, I think uh, it's funny. I never had that summer. I thought I was going to get ten goals in the NHL. <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah, uh, <laughs> you think, must have. I think I had seven one time or twice. <laughs> Did you? Wow, yeah, no, those are big years. But uh, but no, I, I I always felt as a player, the more direction I had, the more uh, information I had, and expectations of this is who I need you to be. This is what I want from you, and that never meant don't grow out of it. Just don't lose your foundation. That's what I talk about these guys. Like an Andrew Peach is a good example of. You know, he was up probably on the outside looking in last year, grew in his role, figured out himself as a player and individual and how he's going to be successful every night. And he's built that foundation. Now you can't stray from that, right? That's that's who you are. And, and that's your DNA. That's your identity. Now go ahead and grow. You can grow from there. Just don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be something that, that brings you success. And um, I think that goes with every player. It doesn't matter if you're score or not score. Know know thyself, right? Know who you are, and and um, you know even some of the guys that we send to Cleveland, you know, identify two or three things that are not analytical that can that you can um, gauge your game on. You know, is it you know was I was I ultra competitive tonight? Was I relentless forward checker? What you know if you're a forward, you know something that you can you can see that's work based and go okay, that's my foundation. Rather, there's been plenty of times you've seen it as a player. A guy gets a goal and two assists, but maybe it wasn't that good. Maybe it's just a good night on the power play, a couple of good bounces. But so you, you give them something that they can use, not too much information. Um, give them that that I guess set that compass for them, and don't stray from that foundation. But never get satisfied and don't don't try and add to the toolbox. Is the other part of that, right? You know, if you're you're okay, good, get in the faceoff circle. Then maybe try and add that. So. Um, they're always trying to grow and, and, and add to their game. You just got to make sure that they don't stray away from what they're truly good at. Yeah, and Bob, a good example that we know well is David Savard, who came in here as that goal scorer. But, boy, has he thrived and thrived here as that shutdown D-man. Yeah, no doubt about that. We are talking with Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. When 
you're putting together the lines for this opening game. How much is it what you envisioned it would be a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago? I mean, did, did the guys you thought were going to be here, are they the ones here? Some yes, some no. Yeah, and that's the honest truth. I, I think some guys some guys popped in camp. And and now, again, you got to sustain that, right? That camp's one thing, and now we get to where it means something. So there there's some guys that were real great surprises that, that, that have probably moved up your lineup. And and some guys got bumped out, you know, and, and that's unfortunately that's the, the 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 ugly side of the business is that you you can't get satisfied. And, and as a coach, I, I told I was very clear with them in our first meeting that we have too many guys here, and I can't keep everybody. So it was everybody was put on notice right away of of hey, it, this is going to be one of the most competitive camps we've ever been in because we don't have a choice. We can only have a twenty three man roster here, right? So. Um, yeah, some tough decisions were made, but it's like I said, this is the problem I was hoping to have. This is at the end of the camp. You 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 hope that you're you're breaking hearts in the right reason, not not uh, just because you made it easy on me and and they did they weren't competitive. And so some some decisions were easier than others. I, I won't lie to you, but there's a lot of guys that got themselves in the conversation that that could probably be here, could probably be in our lineup, and and they're not just due to how some other guys performed. Was there one that was harder than the other ones? Yeah, there was a few, but I won't. I won't say the. No, I'm not going to ask you for the yeah, name, but I. Yeah. But the, and and those are the toughest ones, right? And those are the conversations. As coaches always say, these are the conversations you really don't want to have. They're not fun, but they are very necessary. Well, you have to, and you got to be honest. It's this is the worst part of the job. I've I've been in on on that chair and been told no a lot, and and it quite honestly it sucks. It really does. It you're you're ripping someone's heart out, no matter where they are, no matter how they they uh, they want to be an NHL player, and and you know you're the one delivering the message saying no and not now. Uh, sometimes it's uh, they're gone on a PTO. Sometimes it's not right now. Sometimes it's not good enough. Sometimes you know there's different messaging with different guys, but there is there's nothing satisfactory about sitting on in that chair and and. And delivering that message because it's not fun. I'm a parent. I got kids. I've been through it as a player. Um, you know, you're you're thrilled for some guys because they've put in extra work and they've made it. And then there's the tough decisions. But that's your responsibility. You know, and and I just believe in honesty. You got to be full disclosure, full honesty where they're at, so that they, they whether they agree or not, they know where they stand. And I think that's very important. This is the Blue Jackets season preview show. It's being brought to you by Safe Light. We're joined by Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson, and our conversation continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Blue Jackets season preview show. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley, and joining us tonight is the head coach of the Blue Jackets, Brad Larson. Brad, we all know what the arrival of Johnny Gaudreau did here and the energy and the excitement it created. As a matter of fact, did you have more people talking to you just around town this summer about hockey than ever before? Yeah, it was busy, yeah. And, and, and one name came up a lot. Yeah. yeah. How is this guy? Is this guy any good? Is this guy going to help yeah. you? Is he going to be better? So we all know about that, but I want to talk to you about the defense right now because uh, a lot of the faces are the same, a lot of the names are the same, but uh, it was a weakness last year. How much has it changed? Well, I think, you know, again, you, you look at internal growth, and, and I think, when I look at the camp, I look at how they prepared. You saw certain guys that we we had uh, very honest conversations about. They they put the work in. They did. Uh, we had a guy like Eric Goodbranson. Uh, we, we wanted to get stiffer. We wanted to get bigger back there. We wanted to be a harder team to play against. 
he checks all those boxes, and he's a penalty kill guy who played on a real good team. He was a uh, first unit power play or penalty kill guy. Um, he clears bodies in front. He moves extremely well for a man his size. Uh, so that adds to us and, and makes us a, a bigger, stronger group back there. And there's internal push. You know, that, that defense core, uh, we drafted defense when we have guys that now have, have taken another step with another year. Uh, the Andrew Peaks, I believe, uh, the step that he took last year, I, I didn't see any drop-off in camp, which is exciting. If, if anything, he put on about 10 more pounds and dropped the body fat, and he looks better than he ever has for me. And I think, again, he knows what he needs to be. I don't think there's any gray in, in what his role is going to be. So um, we should be a harder team to play against, and, and as a group. it's It never falls on one guy's shoulders. It's not just the decor. It's five-man groups every night. Jody mentioned David Savard earlier, and I want to ask you, the last couple of games of the preseason, you had Peek and Gavrikov playing together. How much would you like to be able to put together a good shutdown defensive pair that you can roll out there in the final minute of the game? Yeah, that's what we're looking for, right? You know, Consistency, that's the number one thing. I think Gavi's really established himself as that guy in, in that role. Uh, very strong. You know, the play dies a lot with him when he's in there, and, and I mean that in a good way, you know, when the defender has it. I think Peeker himself in that conversation and again it's just about consistency in that and but he's been more physical I feel like right from day one in camp uh, he looks stronger he's moving better and and all those things looked like a great fit right and and we'll see you know nothing's you know we're still it's a lot of pencil nothing's pinned in yet but uh you know that's a pair that could work very well together and shut down teams and they move well. That's the thing. They're they're not a they're they got good size. They're strong, but they can move up and down the ice well, and that's what you need. What about that top pair with Wierenski? I talk about moving well. Is that something you did just to try, or you've been thinking about that for a while? Yeah, I thought about it, and really it was dependent on how Bolkus came back and how he was. You know, he's a guy that we had a lot of conversations about and checked in with, and and our strength guys worked with him, and so. Uh, He's still a young man. He is, and and so we'll we'll see. I think he's a guy that took one of those big steps in the summer. We're looking for was everything fixed in one summer, or everything you're never going to get it one summer. But there was huge gains in all the areas that we're looking for. So he's he's a guy that I felt like his sustainability is much different than it was last year, as far as his 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 engine in practice, his engine in the preseason games. So that could be a real dynamic group. Those two back there. That's a uh, Bo's got great skills with the puck. He's got a lethal shot. Zach, you know, he's a puck mover, moves well, great shot, good head for the game. So, um, you know, Zach's a big guy. He's yeah. 6'2", six, six two, two or so, somewhere in there. I mean, he's not getting pushed around. He should be stiff in front of the net, too, and moving guys and picking up sticks and boxing out and all the things that we're asking for. So uh, that's, a, that's a pair that could be very exciting. Let me ask you, do you set goals with your team before the season? I mean, is it talked about, the goal? Or is it? Yeah, one goal, make playoffs. Right? That's the that, goal. Okay, that, that's yeah. it. Yeah, and and you know, uh, we do some stuff as coaches. You know, we might look at five game segments, different things, and um, you got to be careful with setting a lot of goals. The goal is playoffs. That's where we want to get to. Now, how you get there? That's a long road. This is a marathon. It's eighty two, and and so you, you know, there's ebbs and flows. There's 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 peaks and valleys as we talk about. It's always about, to me, it's not about the winning. We know you got to win. It's managing the losing. And last year we got on too much of the losing, and we had to stop the bleeding, right? And that comes with youth. That comes with, you know, inexperience. You looked at our, our, our decor last year, 
Uh, I think there were seven guys under 100 games, which is which is crazy in the NHL. So it's not like we're a whole lot older back there, but we have another year of experience. We had a guy, Luke Branson, who's been around. And so you're hoping those things, internal growth, plus some new players, and, and um, you know hopefully with those new guys, they bring a calm when it gets a little bit rough and it gets stormy because it's inevitable. It's not if, it's when. It's going to happen. It's 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 a hard league, and, and whether that's through injury, through the uh, the toughness of the schedule, um, you know, sometimes and nobody knows, but half your guys have the flu and nobody's discussing it, right? You know, once you put the jersey on, nobody cares, right? That's that's the hard thing about being an athlete and nobody wants to hear excuses. So we're going to have those moments and, and we got to put the excuses to the side and hopefully we're – we got a little bit uh, more scars on us that so we can handle it. You know, it's it's great. I mean, you you've been such a a great pro as a player, but as a coach, it's great to see you like in this position now. Your second year in camp, and I know you went to the coaching seminar during the draft. And is it amazing to sit there and, and rub elbows with other coaches? But also, it's still ho- I mean, it's hockey. It's a, it's it's not younger because you're talking about the older guys. You got to have the older guys. It's experience, things that you know us old guys now look back. Not that we're old, but yeah. we're looking back and saying, you know, that's right. You got to have those things in your group. Yeah, it to me, it's about balance. It's it's you can't have uh, one type of player, you know. I th- I think the best teams that I ever played on, we had real good balance, and you know I I pick coaches' brains all the time. Do you? I, I'm very fortunate to know some some guys that have had a lot of success, um, and it's not always X's and O's. Some of it is, but you know the X's and O's take you to a certain point. I believe you got to have it. You got to have structure. You got to have foundation. But then there's, you know, what are you doing to to motivate? How do you deal with your star players? What's um, without getting into too much detail, obviously nobody wants to give away all their, their, I guess, their secrets. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about, you know, bringing this group together. And, 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 and the most competitive teams are the hardest teams to play against. And, and you got to care about them. they got to care about each other. And so we're, you know, I think we're, we're on the right path here. I think we've got a good balance of guys. I like, obviously, what we did this summer. And I like what, what you see what's coming. You know, that's, there's, there's balance there. There's youth on its way. We've added some older guys with 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 uh, Johnny, and you look at, at Goody, you know some older guys that, that that have some scars from being and gone through some playoffs and different teams and experiences that had some experiences that we can use for our leadership group, right? You know, with the Boone Jenners and the Gus Nyquist and Zachs, and you know, and complement them well, and and we got the guys in between, you know, and so it, it's I I really the one word I see right now with our group, the balance of our group right now, I like where we're at and. Um, we're all excited for the season, and you don't have to reestablish culture, right? Is that part? That's not part of what you've just gone through. No, I don't think so. I, you I, just build on it. Yeah, I, I think culture is culture is a you know a, a word that everybody wants to use. I think everybody wants it. I liked using it. Yeah, no, and it, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, but it 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 really comes down to the standard, right? Of of you know, and and Torts and I talked a lot about that. You know, just the standard of players and and what's acceptable to really the individual because if if their standard is lower than what your expectations are it doesn't work right and and so when I look at my leadership group or our best players they set the bar they set the standard and I can really only push as high as they set it so our job is to push them and then our younger guys and everybody follows on underneath right so the more they push the more they set the standard and they they try and squeeze another one or two percent out that that raises everybody else's game because they have to it, it is. You look at the teams that have had success over the year and, and, and their foundation of, of leadership, those are the guys setting the standard every day. 
and you know your coaching staff yes we're all part of it but your best players they set the bar and we as coaches try to try to push that bar up you know I have always had that conversation with either my expectations are too high or your 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 expectations of yourself is too low so you tell me what I can lower my expectations and give you less ice time or you raise them and 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 then I think we there's there's kind of a meet in the middle there right and 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 but the, they have to understand why you're pushing know you my job is to try and push them as hard as I can and get the most out of them um and it's it's building trust there's a lot of things that go into that equation but really it's it's about them and that group and when they see their leaders doing it and and they're pushing each other and you watch camp and they're they're battling and skating and they're tired I mean there's it's it's fun to go through together it's painful as hard as it is when you go through it together there's a you know, and, and you're dripping sweat and you're stalled at the end. There's no better feeling. It really is not. And I think these guys just went through it and they, uh, you know, maybe they didn't enjoy all of it. But, you know, I think you come on the other side of it, they're excited. Man, that gives me chills because they finally opened the locker room, so we're allowed to go yeah, in there now. Yeah. And I just saw Jake Bean sitting there. And, you know, it, it's the it's the day, finish the work, no game tomorrow. It, it's like, you know, you're in that zone. And I know exactly that's what you miss as a player, as an athlete, that competing. Yeah, the and doing it as a group. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's one thing in the summer, and you're you're pushing and you're running upstairs, and like a I won't say the <laughs> word, like a guy who's trying to work very yeah. hard, and and there's a satisfaction there. But then when you do it with a group, and you and you you as it 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 does bring you together. It does. You get through it together, and and there's something to be said for that. A good hard day's work, and uh, knowing that uh, you're prepared, and you need to be together immediately because you look at these first couple of games just start with the one in Carolina I mean that's it's a division game it's a four point game right off the bat uh, it's against a team that feels that once again they're built to go to the Stanley Cup final and win the Stanley Cup it is a great test and how excited are you about facing big tests early on getting to don't don't let your group wade into it like here it is show me what you are well yeah I, I don't think uh, you have time to to sit there and and, and uh and look at the standings. Like right away, we know we're playing a team that's supposed to be at the top. That's supposed to probably win our division. That's supposed to probably be in the Stanley Cup Finals. So there is no dip in your toe in, right? Like you know, we're 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 not foolish as coaches. We look at the schedule too, and you can't look too far ahead. So we haven't, but now it's coming. I mean, you know, we were talking about it today, like preparing ourselves for this game one and what to expect. And we saw it when we went there. You know, they had a lot of their guys in, and you know, we were a little bit thin, but still. The level that they play at, the pressure they put you under, you know, you you if you're not on your toes and your competitive juices aren't flowing and, and, and you're a little bit off, they make you pay. And and so when we get into that game, it's a focus, it's it's the details, it's that, that competitiveness you're gonna have every single shift because it's a lot of one on one competitiveness, the way that they come at you. You know, they're they're a press team, they're a two on two pre press team in, in, uh, in all three zones. So you have to play fast, you have to play aggressive and you have to play smart. And puck management is a big thing. So, so yeah, there's there's no dipping your toe in this year. It's it's we're we're getting right into the heat of the battle right away. And and you know what, we're gonna we're gonna have a big test in front of us. And you know, one thing about them being a press team, uh, now they've got Brett Burns on the back end, and you saw him in that preseason game. And did he shoot the puck 85 times <laughs> in that game? Because it seemed like every time he crossed the blue line, he was just <laughs> teeing that thing up. Which it's another dimension. They've always had good defensemen, but. I mean, this guy just blasted. Well, I don't think he changed his game. 
If you no. knew it from you play with them, yeah. no, I missed them. But him? I, okay, well, I've heard great things. Anything low to high, it's one time we're coming yeah. with that. If you know Brett Burns, and and they did a tremendous job in San Jose in those years, and you, when even when you go back when they had the Pavelski's there, you know he shoots by guys. His head's always up. It's low to high shot. Look for high tip. Um, the puck's coming downhill. He's coming downhill. He's he's you know he's, <laughs> he's a big man. He's a former forward that. Plays D that should still be a forward. I mean, he's common, and he's a big man, not just that beard. He's got good size, and he <laughs> skates. So, um, yeah, he. I think he fits right into what that team's trying to do. And, and again, you just you got to be prepared for pressure. you got to be able to handle it as far as the, that confrontation. And, and then you go from there, you got to have puck support. It's like he starts at one time or just inside the blue line and finishes at the bottom of the hey, circle. He just moves right? so well for a big man, too. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. Get right into it. Yeah. That's well, Brad, thank you so much. We appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, we've all been patiently waiting, as patiently as we can be. You guys have been putting in a lot of work. It was fun to watch a preseason, especially those last couple of games. And, and I thought the one in Washington, you got a glimpse of the speed that you were talking about earlier that your team has this year. So can't wait to watch it for real. Best of luck in Carolina. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, Carolina. Thanks, Brad. That is Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. Coming up next, we're going to delve into the Metropolitan Division and how competitive is it going to be. Jeff Rimmer joins us as the Blue Jackets season preview show presented by SafeLight continues on 97.1 The Fan. Back here on the season preview show, it's being brought to you by SafeLight. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you. It was just great to hear from Head coach Brad Larson and get the scoop before the game against Carolina to get the season started. Uh, that, that was very educational, just the way that he he looks at things and looks at the game. You know, it is. And, and it's easy to stand back and, and make your judgment or opinion on something. And until you get to sit down and talk to him and watch practice and watch the process, you really don't understand how much goes into it and – and what it entails. So right now, um, again, we're the night before uh, game number one for the Blue Jackets. Uh, it just gives, you know, and like I said, as camp evolves, you kind of see all these players and you kind of wonder what's happened. What is this team? And then you see them on Monday skate. You see them skate yesterday or today as we traveled here just before we got here. And it's uh, it's exciting. And and you're right. He's, he's a guy that's very well thought of when it comes to every detail with this camp and this team along with his coaching staff. And I'm telling you, I was genuinely excited about their roster on the ice on Monday. I was, I thought, wow, these are four good lines, and four or six good D, and and uh, you know the goaltending. So it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, and as he talked about balance, there is a lot of balance on this team. And now to bring balance to us and uh, educational, I guess, falls Smooth. in at the same time. Smooth. Please That'll welcome. never happen. Never happen. Please no welcome. <laughs> what the smooth part? <laughs> The balance. <laughs> Jeff Rimmer, Blue Jackets television voice on Valley Sports Ohio. Uh, how excited are you for this whole thing? We're, we're just You heard us just talking about how excited we are. What about you? Very, very. And then having an opportunity on Monday to talk to some of the players in the dressing room. And, of course, uh, a due situation for us, at least over the last couple of years. We've not been allowed in the room to go one-on-one with players. But uh, that's changed. We're back to pre-COVID now. Let's get rid of that word permanently. But uh, We didn't say it. You yeah, did. yeah, I did. You were no. the only one saying it. But <laughs> the point is you get an opportunity to really feel how the players have responded to training camp and how excited they are about the start of the season. I'll give you an example. Talk introduced myself today for the first time to Eric Goodbranson. 
Now, wait. How did you introduce yourself as former play-by-play of the Florida Panthers? Where no. You play? Yeah. I did mention that, though. Okay. I, I introduced that was myself your as... you got to have an in, right? Yeah. Well, all I said was, uh, I'm Jeff Rimmer, the... Uh, partner of Jody Shelley <laughs> on Bally Sports. How's that? Former the part me, partner of <laughs> Dennis Potvin with the Florida, with the uh, Florida Panthers. Exactly. <laughs> the Hall of Famer. The Hall of Famer, exactly. <laughs> Great guy. Well, uh, I thought you were going to tell a story about Good Branson and how yeah. excited he was. No, just... Oh, the, okay. Uh, I <laughs> I'm mean, sorry, I thought there was a story. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I we certainly off. can. I mean, he uh, is very excited to be a Blue Jacket, uh, has moved in... Uh, was able to get the house that he wanted, and uh, wife loves it here. And it's the first time in his hockey career he's bought a house. Wow! Yeah. How about that? Uh, well, the poor guy's been on six teams, right? Right. And his wife said, "Hey, we're going to settle roots. We've signed a four-year contract. We're going to be part of this organization." And then he went on to say, "This is a good team. It and is. And he's yeah. lo- he he really likes the team. Likes the guys. Feels that uh, they're going to surprise some people." He said, "Hey." We can come out here this week, and we're going to try to win all three games if we take two out of three, but we're going to go after all three. We need to win and start off with the right foot. And he feels the players in that room are just that good enough to do it. Yeah, and it's funny. If you go back to the last two preseason games, which had NHL lineups stressed, um, people from St. Louis said to me, Joe Vitale, who does Color on Radio, said, he goes, my gosh, you guys are fast. You're going to surprise some people. Yeah. And then we went to Washington, and it was it was better because it was two NHL lineups that were dressed in Washington. And the same thing, uh, your friend Craig Lachlan there, he goes, I think you guys are going to be pretty good. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, sometimes they tell you that just to be nice, but not this year. I mean, it's, it's legit when you – when you watch it, and the speed of it is amazing. How many years have we all sat here and watched other teams and went, man, they are fast? And even when the Blue Jackets were fast, they weren't as fast as some of the others. So, you know, the Pitts- Absolutely. Pittsburgh in the heyday when they were winning the back-to-back cups, when they, you know, when Hagelin was there and all that, and they could just fly. That's what this team is like now, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I, I think we're going to surprise people. We're going to, again, uh, overachieve. I think that uh, very few people – have predicted the Jackets even with a shot at the Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's a very competitive division, the Metropolitan Division, and I think the Jackets can certainly hang with uh, all, if not certainly most of the teams within the division. I think Carolina, who we'll see Wednesday, and that's a great test, and the Rangers, based in large part due to the goaltender, Shesterkin, I think those are the two teams to beat. But... uh, it's wide open, and certainly uh, you can finish second or third or remember the wild card. I think four teams are going to come out of this division. There'll be four coming out of uh, the Eastern Conference or the, the Eastern Division and uh, at Atlantic, and I think that uh, it's going to be pretty balanced here this year. Yeah, I know. I guess my surprise, not my surprise, my excitement that really started Monday at practice was, you know, we talked about Johnny Goodrow all summer and Patrick Line, and, and that's the one dimension of this team. But when I look at that top line with Boone Jenner, and then I look at Sillinger's line, which he has um, – who's Sillinger got with him? Sillinger has Dan, uh, Danforth. Danforth on the right and uh, Nyquist on the yeah, left. Yeah, you know, that's the third – that was practicing as the third line. Uh, and then you got the fourth line with Corrali and Olivier and the speed of Robinson. There is a dynamic to all those lines where um, they're not only the speed – you got some veteran presence, and, and, and you got some teeth to it. 
Um, so, and, and I think the second line too with Roslovic and, and Voracek, you know, th- th- there's something there. I was like, wow, this, this, these are four good lines. This is so maybe, you know, maybe it was the fact that I, we talked to Johnny Goodrow, talked about him all year with Patrick Line, and it's like, oh, wait a second. There's other guys that are here yeah. that are going to be. And Chinikov is on that line with Roslovic, whereas everybody, well, at least I know I did. I can't speak for you guys, but I thought that would be Nyquist's spot, right? Now, I know he got hurt in the one game, and maybe, uh, you know, Igor passes him uh, with that, but. Uh, it's, it's surprise, good surprises. Good He's surprises. looking good. Uh, yeah. Chinnikov looks stronger, yeah. more assertive, less hesitation. I mean, there's there's a threat there. That That's a surprise. That's a guy, if you got your uh, NHL fantasy draft tonight, that might be a good sleeper for you, Jeff. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, the thing that impressed me, aside from his play during the preseason, was Monday, walking in the dressing room. He held court with the uh, the local media. There was also a uh, member of the Russian media there. But after the interview, he walked by, and he was very outgoing. So he feels, you could just see, he feels comfortable That's as great. a Columbus Blue Jacket. He's ready to, uh, I think, have a, a season that uh, is going to open up some eyes, not only here locally, but around the National Hockey League, because we knew as a first-round draft pick, we talk about surprises, he was a surprise first-round pick by the Blue Jackets. Yet So much nobody knew who he was. Exactly. And then after, Your everybody says, wow, that was a great pick. They were saying that last season. What are they going to say this year? Because he really looks comfortable putting that uniform on, and whether he's talking to the media or out on the ice, he's ready to go. Here's my thing I want to ask uh, you talked about the, the teams that are the teams to beat in the division. And Pittsburgh and Washington, we keep on waiting for them to age out. You know, who knows if they're going to or they're not going to. Pittsburgh brings everybody back. They want to take another run at it. Washington, Backstrom's injured. Oshie's injured. Wilson's injured to start the season. Uh, so they're missing a couple of guys. But, Jeff, I want to ask you, because you're I know you're tight with Tom Fitzgerald, who's the GM in New Jersey there. Are the New Jersey Devils really for real? I keep on hearing about the Devils are going to do this and do that, and I look at what they did with their goaltending, and they think they have it fixed, and I'm not buying it yet. So what do you think? Well, I think you're right on the money. Uh, goaltending, and they picked up Vanacek, uh, who couldn't get it done in, in Washington. Uh, I, I, I think that they are going to score a lot of goals, but I'm really concerned about their goaltending. Their defense should be better up front. They're dynamic, and as everyone has predicted, Jack Hughes is ready to light it up. He is that good a player, and he is ready. And I think that uh, uh, they've made some additions up front that will certainly help them. Nobody more than Pilat. I love Pilat. There's a guy, a Stanley Cup winner twice, uh, reluctantly. He left reluctantly. The Lightning gave him up, and he is going to be dynamite for that New Jersey team, in my opinion. They'll no, be better, no question. I agree. He's he's an unsung hero. Well, amongst stars down there, he is a star, but not the shining star in Tampa. So I hope he continues that because he just plays the game completely the right way. And, exactly. And guys like Hughes will not only benefit from the way he plays, but learn from him. And that's kind of where I feel that that's where that organization is at. They need some of those – good veteran guys that I feel like I always say that but you bring those good guys in that have experience and that's where you have the internal growth that we talked about with Brad Larson I mean that you can read books and the coach can tell you and you can wait eight years or you bring in champions like that 
and guys that uh, are that good. And, and that's when you're like, oh, they realize, oh, that's how we train. Oh, that's what we should be doing. So I think, you know, that's one of those teams that I agree. They're, they're going to surprise teams, but not to the extent. I don't think they have it for 82 games. Question that I have is the New York Islanders. I was just about to ask you. And they certainly underachieved last year. And, I mean, the ridiculous schedule to the start of the season with their new building being uh, completed, uh, I think, had a big effect on them. They fire uh, Barry Trotz as a result. Uh, are they going to be any better this year? Lou Lamorello said, we're going out. We're going to make some big moves in the offseason. They did zada, nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, he feels he's got that veteran presence on that team, and they're going to be able to come back from last season and have an impact. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I wonder why they didn't make any moves. I like. They could. could they could they not? They just whether well, they they have a. Weren't they in on Kadri? Right? Weren't they in on yeah. Goodrow? Supposedly. Uh, they were never in on Goodrow, from what I heard. Oh. They they didn't have the money. Simply didn't have the money. And uh, there was talk of Kadri, and some said that's why Kadri was, was waiting. Yeah. yeah, that uh, Kadri was waiting for them to flip some money out so they could bring Kadri in. Kadri was with Lamorello in Toronto, and he was the GM there. It didn't work out. Yeah, no, I don't know. I think they'll be obviously they're going to be a lot better. I mean, they can't be worse. I, no. I mean, they were they were uh, they got younger. Obviously, that they lost. You know, got Chara moved along. Uh, Green, I think, was there. He moved mm-hmm. along. Yeah. So, you know, kind of a team that got lost last year. Lost their way a little bit. But the one team that's not going to be much better is Philadelphia. Oh. I mean, they got uh, they get bad news after bad news. I know Couturier's skating again. Uh, Carter Hart is the goalie. Uh, you know, Ellis is out. Could be career-ending. A player that has barely worn the Flyers jersey. And all last year, everyone said was, oh, we'd be so much better if we had Ellis. Well, you're not going to have them, and yeah, they made a couple all right. They made some pickups. The biggest one they made was our good buddy John Tortorella. Yes. And, and I think no matter what, it's going to be must-watch TV when the Flyers are on, especially the post-game interview. We know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Highlight you know, of the night. I don't know. I, at first, I thought maybe he'd give them a good bump. They did get tougher. They got Delorier, which is always good. They just need to find their identity. They're, they need an identity year this year to be like, this is what we're going to be. And it's going to be hopefully tough and hard to play against and then build from there. Why? You think Torch has ever done that before? Gone through? And- <laughs> I mean, it's so familiar, isn't it? He's going to move pieces out. Yeah. He's going to bring in some surprise pieces, and it's just uh, he's going to keep everyone on their toes, which yeah. is what he's great at. Yeah, we've seen that act before, but, uh, you know, it worked. And oh, yeah. More than likely it'll work for them, but it's not going to work quickly. We do know that. Watch and read, be it the game stories or the press conferences with uh, John Tortorella, and they bring back memories yeah. as the Blue Jackets head coach. Boy, didn't I hear him say that once or twice in Columbus? <laughs> a thousand times in six years. <laughs> you heard a lot of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and that's a good thing. I'm glad he's back in the league. I'm glad he's in the division. I know some people I talk to go, I wish he went away somewhere else. No, I want to see him four times a year. For sure. He's a, he, he's a great person. He's a good friend of all of us, and, uh, and it'll be fun just to sit back and watch. <laughs> Sit back and watch. Jeff, thank you very much. We appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. That is Jeff Remmer. He's the television voice of the Blue Jackets on Bally Sports Ohio, along with Jody, of course. And they'll be at it uh, tomorrow night on TV with the first uh, telecast of the Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes. Jody and I will come back and wrap up this season preview show brought to you by Safe Flight here on 97.1 The Fan. 
Oh, we're getting set to wrap up the season preview show. It's brought to you by Safe Flight and the Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes. Get it going tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in Raleigh. And the pregame coverage will begin at 6.30 here on 97.1 The Fan and on Valley Sports Ohio. And, uh, Jody, i got to ask you, as a player, did you have a preference? Open at home, open on the road. You know what? It's a good question. I can't beat the home opener, uh, but I don't mind the luxury of going on a one-game road trip, uh, especially if I'm Johnny Goodrow. You get away. You're with the boys. You're in a hotel room. You're in, in a little routine. I know he's got a lot going on at home right now with the baby and, and his in-laws and his parents are there. So uh, the in- excitement and anticipation of opening night is a big one. Uh, and, and it's always so much fun and the energy and the anticipation. Just, it just, you know, it, it can't get there quick enough. But to get on the road, it's more relaxing. You're together. You're going into the territory of the opposition. Uh, you go to t- uh, team dinner together. It kind of it kind of really kicks off the season and, and really zip, zips up camp. And, and, you know, you look around the, the tables and the table at dinner and you're like, yeah, this is our group. Here we go. Um, so I like having that one quick game on the road and coming right back to your uh, home opener, especially on a, on a Friday night for the Blue Jackets, especially Tampa, a little bit of a history there. And, uh, no, I, I enjoy it. Long answer, Bob, but I, I'd rather enjoy the – the uh, opening up, get that out of the way on the road, game number one. And it's nice when you're in the Eastern Conference. So yeah. you, you've played in both of them. And, you know, when you were in San Jose, maybe you had a time where that trip is three or four games. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's too long. Just go go the night before, prepare, play the game, get home, and you've, you've got a little rhythm going. All right, besides Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine, which we're all looking forward to seeing, what are you, what are you hoping to see the most – and uh, what are you excited to see the most in this game tomorrow night about the Blue Jackets as they start to define themselves? I want to see that warensky boquist pair. I want to see it work. Uh, I, you know, Boquist to me, uh, is uh, one of those highly skilled players who's figuring it out, and I thought he had a good camp, uh, and Brad Larson alluded to that when, in that interview. Um, I also want to see uh, Olivier. I like him. I like how he protects the puck. I want to see the impact he has on that line and wearing down the opposition D. Him and Corrali and Robinson uh, spending time in the offensive zone, keeping momentum and finding momentum. I think that's an important part. Of, uh, it's a big dynamic to a team. Uh, when you have two lines go out there and then the next line goes out and kind of loses it and you gotta kind of you got to try to fight it back, find it back, I think these guys are going to pull people out of their seats this year with just the relentlessness that they play with. Uh, and the other thing I'm, I'm excited about is Chinikov. You know, he's a young player from Russia who didn't speak English last year. Uh, Jeff gave us a scoop there that he's uh, doing media scrums and talking to people and looks comfortable. That's a wonderful thing for a kid who had a really, really good camp. I know the goals were one thing, but he looks stronger, he looks quicker, and we talk about it all the time, his hesitation is gone. So uh, he could be one of those dangerous players that when the opposition comes in and is focused on Goodrow, Line, Wierenski, uh, Voracek, well, there's a guy that's going to slip through and, and tuck a few himself, and that, that could be Chinnikov. The other guy is Sillinger. You know, some some uh, some may say and talk about the sophomore slump. I don't see it with this kid. He's got intangibles that we can't even uh, – you can't teach the package he's got, and he's coming in here. Uh, he got bumped out in camp, anxious to get back. He's back. He looks comfortable. And look out. He could be uh, moving his way up to that number one center spot. You never know. There's one thing we haven't talked about in this entire show, so right at the end, let's do it. Goaltending. 
Elvis and Daniil Tarasov is starting the year as the second goaltender. Jonas Corposalo isn't ready to go yet. Uh, if this was last year, maybe there would be more questions about that, but we saw Daniil play in the NHL last year. Uh, we've seen him play this preseason. He is is some kind of fun to watch. Uh, that looks like it's going to be a pretty good one-two punch. It does, and, and you know, it's so far it's it's on paper, and, and, you know, it's a new season, and there's new expectations, and they have to defend more. Well, the goaltenders now are a little more pressure, I, th- I think. I mean, and Brad Larson talked in his media scrum today about one great way to defend is to have the puck all the time and play in the offensive zone. Yeah, that's perfect, right? Uh, but now we'll see. I mean, there's a few, been a few tweaks to their system. I don't know what that means for the goaltenders, if anything at all. Uh, but, you know, it's it's on them now. And Elvis being pushed a little uh, a little more this year than he was last year. Uh, I know when Corpy couldn't stay uh, stay healthy and Tarasov too, uh, I think it's uh, going to be a fascinating dynamic because uh, everyone says they want to be pushed until they're pushed, and then you really uh, – you really uh, it, it could make you uncomfortable unless you're confident. So Elvis, it's critical. He has a good start to this season. And I would think both will play because you have three games in four yeah. days. You're going to see them. Right out of the shoot. That's, That's right. right. And um, – and, and probably being around, I would probably guess that Tarasov is going in St. Louis on Saturday. You think? <laughs> but well, we, unless we things know. are going really well, well, I mean, you never true. know. That I is mean. true. That is very true. It's it's very early. So we're looking forward to it. Again, the puck will drop at uh, 7 o'clock. Actually, it's, it'll drop later tomorrow because it'll be opening night. Carolina will have festivities the same way the Blue Jackets will on Friday when they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning at Nationwide Arena. I want to remind you there's – Great stuff going on. The Plaza Party will be happening outside. There'll be a band outside. There'll be all kinds of stuff leading up to the actual game itself on Friday between the Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, the Blue Jackets are, the plan is to come home with a 1-0 record. Absolutely. That would be a great way to kick off the weekend with that uh, two points in the uh, in the pocket and then uh, some confidence, which I, I, I don't think they're lacking, but... Uh, you want to start that way, especially in Carolina. Yes, you do. No doubt about that. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes. Thanks to Brad Larson and Jeff Rimmer for being our guests tonight. That is your season preview show. It's been brought to you by Safe Light. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan.